four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. Welcome to our first episode. First one ever. Featuring... Yay! Featuring children's literature that you can actually use in your classroom. Yay! <laughs> well, every second Tuesday of the month, we teach so hard, we'll be featuring themed children's literature. So stay special, tuned. Yes. And these special podcasts will be filled with four recommendations and lesson ideas that you can use in your classroom the very next day. So let's get started, ladies. Today, we're talking about belonging. It seems like such a timely theme for us to showcase. A new school year, new kids, new need, huge need for empathy. So, ladies, let's introduce our four book choices about belonging. So, one of my very favorite authors is Andrew Clements. And usually, I think of him with with, um, realistic fiction chapter books. And he's amazing. But there's actually a picture book he's written called Big Al. And poor Big Al, he's a fish. (laughs) He just wants to make friends. And in the whole wide blue sea, you can't find a nicer fish. You know how a lot of your kids are often super, super nice, but because they might look a little different and Big Al is large and scary looking, the other kids in your class might be scared to know that kid or the little fish in this book are afraid to get to know Big Al. So he tries everything he can think of. And your, your kids, as you read this, will love this book from disguising himself with seaweed <laughs> to burrowing, burrowing himself under the ocean floor. So he looks smaller, but something always goes wrong. And so your kids will laugh. This book is hilarious, but he's also lonely and they're going to really feel for him. So Big Al wonders if he'll ever have a single friend. And then one day, a fishing net captures the other fish. And of course, as you can predict, Big Al is the hero. Mm -hmm. And he gets the chance to prove what a wonderful friend he can be. It's so cute. (laughs) It's so cute. Yep. How about you, Deanne? Well, my book is called One Green Apple by Eve Bunting and illustrated by Ted Lewin. Oh, um, it's I a love, her. love Eve cool Bunting. Book. Yeah. Well, thank you for your idea, Tracy, because uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> oh. uh, well, Farah, who is um, from one of the Muslim countries, feels alone, even though she's surrounded by classmates. And she begins to focus on differences between herself and the others, a different language, clothing, and customs. But the teacher takes them on a field trip to an apple orchard and she discovers that she has things in common with her classmates, such as the sound of an apple crunching or the ripple of friendly laughter. So the teacher gives everyone a chance to choose an apple, and Farah picks a little green one. As she waits for her turn to add her apple to the cider press that the others are trying to push so that they can make cider with, she realizes that they're having a hard time, and she's strong, so she's willing to help. So she goes and helps them, and they drink their cider. But this this, uh, helping them push the press made her feel like she was she belonged mm-hmm. and sure enough on the ride back the kids started talking with her and joking with her more oh. and, um, yeah it was a really nice little book yeah i love that oh my gosh wonderful yeah 
How about you, Rabbit? Well, okay. well, I did choose a book um, that I shared with my granddaughter this week, and she loved it. Um, I bought it when we were on Mackinac called Tallulah, Mermaid of the Great Lakes oh, by one so of my cute. favorite authors. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, geez. Denise, Brennan, Nelson. Well, I'm not going to talk about that because <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great book. She goes in search of the perfect gem to match her pale gray tail, and she finds that gem in the Great Lakes. But I really would like to use my time to talk about some books from the 80s because the 80s called and they want me back. <laughs> Oldies but goodies. Honestly, <laughs> thing, things that have happened um, recently have just drawn me back to these books that I always used in my classroom. And if you don't have these somewhere, I bet they're in a storage closet somewhere that you could just dust off or get them from your library, but there are a series of books that were edited in the 80s by Marlo Thomas, Free to Be You and Me, Free to Be a Family, and Thanks and Giving. And they are so relevant. The Free to Be a Family book especially is about all kinds of belonging. Different diversity among families, families with two moms, two dads, families that are racially mixed, um, just, you know, on and on about how you can be part of a family, part of a group and still belong. And I have this fabulous song since Tracy hasn't sung for us lately. <laughs> I played this song for years in my classroom. It was our theme song when we played our Friday review game called Are You a Smart Fourth Grader? And yes, I can give you a copy for free on my blog. Just ask me. <laughs> um, but this, this song, the kids would sing along while they were doing, you know, preparing their answers for smart fourth grader. And it's called, it takes all kinds of people. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. It's by my girl, Cheryl Crow. Mm. Ah. Oh, good. It's only playing it. Can you hear it? Nope. No, no. Maybe you could sing it. Nope. <laughs> Are you kidding? Hey, you know all right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We could put a YouTube link in the show notes too. Oh, that's a great idea. Wait a minute. What a great song. I know. Yeah. Real catchy. I uh, I could just okay. picture the kids getting into we that. Need to put, we'll put a YouTube link in the show notes for that if teachers want. We'll do it. All kinds of people, I'm telling you, the kids would sit there and sing it to themselves. And, you know, the more they sing those lyrics to themselves, the more they internalize exactly. it. So definitely check out those three volumes. Keep them in your classroom. I'm going to give you a couple more ideas later on in the yes. show for how to use them. Awesome. Well, my book is one that I just newly discovered, and it's called The Invisible Boy by Trudy Oh, Lowe. I love that book. And the illustrations are so soft, and, and the colors are gorgeous. And so Brian, Brian is in a classroom. And he's called the, you know, the he's the invisible boy. He's not really invisible. He just feels that way. His teacher even has trouble noticing him because she's so caught up in dealing with two other students. And so the book takes us through. At the beginning, Brian is kind of drawn in light black and white while everyone else is in color. And 
you know, he listens to people talking about the birthday party they went to over the weekend. And of course he wasn't invited. He's not picked for teams. He's just kind of invisible. And the illustrator is um, Patrice Barton. And she does a fabulous job of really showing the emotion on Brian's face in the, in the illustrations. Eventually a new boy comes in um, and I believe he is, uh, I think he's Korean. I'm not sure, but his name is Justin. And the kids kind of laugh at him because he's eating bulgogi for lunch. And, you know, they laugh at his food. And Brian sits there wondering, you know, what's worse, feeling invisible or being laughed at? And because of that, he sends Justin a note and they become friends. And Justin actually becomes kind of a conduit for connection for Brian um, because he kind of makes Brian visible. And you can see Brian's color change as the story, as he starts to change and his connection to his classmates start to change. It's really how can Tracy tell them about the illustrations? Well, that's what I'm saying. The illustrations are changing as Brian begins more acceptance with his peers. He he becomes a colored illustration. Oh, that's yeah. Beautiful. It reminds me of you know um, you when when movies do that, right? They go from black yes. and white to being in color, and yes, and his classmates in the end come to find out that Brian is a unbelievable artist and they start to appreciate him for who he is and what he has to offer but the whole book is about belonging and not feeling invisible um and i i'm in love with this book just in love so wow listening to all of your books we've got some great choices here so i'm so excited about this conversation so let's talk about some of the ways that you would get kids talking about these books, what discussion strategies would you use? Well, I love listening to kids talk about books, but when we're getting started with a new year, I think kids sometimes need some strategy-based approaches to discourse. So with The Invisible Boy, um, which I'm using for the first time this year, I was thinking about using some visible, a visible thinking strategy called Step Inside. Um, and Step Inside is where the kids are able to try and put themselves in the character's shoes and think about what the character is thinking and feeling and perceiving. And because of those things, what the character believes about themselves and their world. Um, And I thought the illustrations are a fantastic place to start with this. Um, And I thought about putting up some of those contrasting images of where the illustrator shows, you know, Brian's face, the defeated, invisible boy that he is, and then how he changes. So I can combine two things with that conversation. We can go through the routine and talk about, you know, what when you look at Brian and his head is down, what is he thinking about? Put your shoe, yourself in his shoes. What is he thinking about? Talk in his voice. Oh, I love that. What do you think he's perceiving? Wow. What do you think he believes about himself? What do you think he believes about his classmates? And then examining character change at the end with how his illustration has changed and how the expression on his face has changed. Now, what do you think? What do you think 
how is he perceiving things? How is he feeling? What does he now believe about his world? Um, so that would be my discussion strategy for that's one great. of the first ones for Invisible Boy. Yeah. How about you, Deanne? You were talking about One Green Apple. What are you thinking about? Well, I would basically brainstorm for a little bit on and have a discussion of how what it means to belong and how it feels not to belong and relate it to how Farah felt about it in the book and how she felt at the beginning, how things changed for her at the end, and how is she like a little green mm-hmm. apple. So I would just basically have a discussion. And um, then I could have them draw a cartoon showing what it feels like to belong. You know, Deanne, you brought up something really interesting. That whole question is, how is she like that little green apple? Because in that book, every other child chooses a red apple, don't they? Yes, they do. So I thought that would be a really good discussion question. They could even write about that, Yeah, that's a powerful question. Well, and then also in the illustrations of that book, she's the only one wearing a hijab. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. So she she does stand out. Yeah. But that's okay. And Retta, what about yours? Well, I was thinking about predicting for the mermaid story, <laughs> but when the eighties called out to me and, and the call was so strong, I have to tell you. I started thinking about a reading writing strategy that I used called I don't know if it was called small moments. I called it small moments. Um, sometimes I called it a slice of the watermelon, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's about pick, picking just a, a moment in time, you know, for a child to write, not a whole autobiography, a memoir, just a little piece, a piece of a memoir, mm-hmm. actually. And I know it's on a lot of the state testing requirements mm-hmm. and it was required in our district and it's always in the fall. So um, I'm thinking of the small moment strategy. And the way I would approach this is... Um, Having read Michelle Obama's oh, book, I love her book. I all I always had had an, oh, didn't she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Even, even I always had a grown up book that I was reading, and I wouldn't always tell them the title of it. But I would say I'm reading a book that was written by a very famous woman, and it tells all of her stories, her stories about growing up and becoming the person that she is today. And her, the most important theme that I got out of that book was the importance of telling our mm-hmm. stories, our stories. It's how we become who we are. We tell our stories, we add on to them, and, we and then we tell those new stories. And we delete, and we delete from them too. Oh, yes. We do. And sometimes we add a little bit more mm-hmm. on too, mm-hmm. don't we? <laughs> uh, but that's a very human thing to do. Um, And it's one of the reasons, this is when I'm always selling the importance of writing a journal early in the year. The journal is a place where you save your stories. So telling your story is what makes you unique. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, that's where I was. And we're not on the activities yet. We're just talking about our strategies, right? I I, I got all caught up in this, but that's what my discussion would be. Um, looking, <laughs> looking, looking in those Marlo Thomas books, they're all short stories. They're all, the songs are short. The lyrics are very meaningful. The stories are short and maybe identifying some of those small moments that you think would make a good writing piece and, and, and possibly not because it's early in the year, not having to tell your story yet to the class, but maybe writing your story mm-hmm. in your journal. Good suggestion. How about you, Kathy? So I love using kind of 
think like number lines, but a continuum and having kids do a lot of reflection. So reflecting on how good am I at helping others feel like they belong, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we always, we always ask our kids how, what is your sense? Like, do you belong? But also Mm -hmm. it's so important for that empathy piece of how are you able to get others to feel as if they belong? Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that kind of sets up, sets up our morning meetings. It sets up the tone of the classroom. Um, Maybe. And just along that line, either sometimes I've done it where kids actually stand up and we make that continuum Mm -hmm. like a physical continuum where they move depending on the questions Mm -hmm. that I ask. Um, or we could, mm-hmm. or we could do it in their morning journals too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so oh, excited that. about these ideas. I I'm getting tons <laughs> of ideas from when I start with my this year. Okay, so now let's go ahead and go to activities. What would we do beyond discussion? What are some of the learning activities you would hook onto this book that you've chosen? Dan, can you start us off? Sure. It might not. It might not be um, too unusual for you to realize that I would come up with something for a collaborative <laughs> group. Um, <laughs> but what I a surprise! Of, I know, right? <laughs> but I thought of having them set up a skit about a boy or girl who felt the same as Farah, and it would be how was the issue of not belonging resolved, and how could they help someone feel more welcome? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they could present it to the class probably the next day or something. And um, they could also write about a time when they felt like they didn't belong and what happened mm-hmm. as a homework assignment. Mm. I love that idea. Thank you. Well, I was thinking along those kind of similar lines, Deanne, and I was thinking about the invisible boy and how some of, you know, how he's in black and white and then he changes throughout the story as he, as he gains acceptance and has connection, he changes into a colored illustration. And so I thought about, you know, in fifth grade, kids are all about, about technology. So I thought, why don't I whip the iPads out? And they can take self-portraits of themselves and play with the filters and put a black and white filter on a self-portrait and then put a color filter on the self-portrait. And they can work together to, um, you know, take their, each other's pictures. And then I would print those for them. And then the next thing that they would need to do is with the black and white, they'd need to think about their their step inside discussion exercise they did of how they assume the boy is feeling based on the the illustrator's clues and think about a time when they felt invisible. And they would write about that with the black and white photograph. And then with the colored photograph, then they need to think about what helped me not feel invisible. Ah. And that. Oh and my gosh! I want to be. They would be displayed side by side, so they would show a, a change in themselves as well. Um, and so that's kind of what I was was kind of toying with. I thought that would be kind of a it'd be a cool display, but the it, the kids would be so engaged because of the photography. Oh yeah, definitely. And, that's I love that, and also like it's the beginning of school, so it's a good time to even start something yeah, like that. Yeah. No, that's, that's wonderful. That's what I miss about teaching. (laughs) Kathy, what's your idea? So I think of a couple things, although I like yours much better. (laughs) Yours is way more visual. So I, you know, always tied in with whatever theme we're doing. We do a lot of quotes, 
like, especially for this, I love quotes by Brene Brown, um, you know, but yes. posting the quotes and doing some reflection, but I was trying to think of how to tie that into art too. Like perhaps using that, um, what is that site called? Wordle. Have you ever yes, used that, yes, right? Yes. Where they, uh-huh. they type ev- oh, everything. I'm- yes. Word clouds. There's a better one. Ooh, what is it? abcya.com abcya.com okay um i love oh abc yeah and they're uh (laughs) word nets is what i think they're called and i love i use them to make um personal wordles for my kids at the end of the year and put them in picture frames so much easier it's easier to use so much easier awesome well i was thinking about them taking their reflection on the quotes typing it into that mm-hmm. and then having a piece of word art that kind of summarizes mm. that. Beautiful. Like that. Another great idea. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. How about you, Retta? Mm. Wow. Well, my latest thing, I, of course I was going to use art. My latest thing is starting a drawing with a pencil, going over it with a black Sharpie and doing a watercolor background. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on a lot of those lately with my grandson and granddaughter and myself um anyway watercolors sharpies easy to find mm-hmm. right um so i was thinking of drawing a picture of one moment when something special about you stood out but i had to go back to the mermaid story and the rainbow fish like a rainbow sparkly mm-hmm. scale or a flashy person mm-hmm. tail um, but something special about you could be an ability you have um, and here's an example could be the time I kept a travel log for an entire mm-hmm. trip. Like it could have been something that happened that summer and the kid actually wrote things down. So the picture could be a watercolor wash of the beach or park where the trip took place, black ink drawing of the kid writing in a notebook and the <laughs> you sparkle have to have paper sparkles. could be, cause you have to give them a piece. You have to have scraps <laughs> of sparkle paper. Did I mention yes, the sparkle paper? Okay, I have giant rolls of it still. I I bought out the market on sparkle (laughs) wrapping paper. If you need some, ask me. Anyway, use the sparkle paper for the pen or for an idea cloud near the person's head. Um, You know, just show like your ideas are what stands out about you or your great writing is what stands out about you. And I thought those would be great display pictures too to go with a small moment story. Think of the book Swimming by Leo Leone. And uh Swimming has the always. There's always one part that's yeah. sparkled, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And there, and there is one part of you that sparkles. You just don't always that's know it, but it's sparkling. Okay, so we've got fantastic. I, I can't wait to read our blog posts. I really can't. <laughs> um, so now we've got discussion strategies and learning activities, but we all know that one of the most powerful things that you can do with a book is to make personal, textual, or word connected world connections to it. It's one of the most powerful things that we want our kids to engage in. So what are some other things you could connect your book to? Some of us have already kind of, you know, snaked into that territory with our conversation today, but, but what, what are you thinking specifically about that? What do you think? I think I already, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I, right away, I always think of kind of those old favorites too. Like I was going to say rainbow fish, sorry, Retta. (laughs) Um, Or 
or even the chapter books, yeah. like you know, yeah, the hundred dresses. Yeah. But do you know the picture book called Each Kindness? Mm-hmm. It it's, it sort of reminds me yeah. of a yes. hundred dresses, but it's just a short picture book um, where a little a little girl moves to a new school uh-huh. and again tries to make friends, um, but she didn't really fit in, and then she ends up moving yes. away before the rest of the class actually got to know her. And it's actually a really sad book, but it's kind of like, don't waste time. Like, let's just get to know everybody. Let's make sure everyone feels as if they belong. So. And that book is by Jacqueline Woodson for our listeners. And I've always thought that was from an episode in her own childhood because the little girl in the pictures, not the yes. one who just moved there, but the one who was mean to her, kind of looks like Jacqueline Woodson a little bit, mm-hmm. or could as a child. And I've always thought she oh, kind of wrote it as a way of making up for you know something she she regretted mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah. That that's a beautiful book. Oh my gosh. So, Retta, what are your connections? Oh well. I, th- I think I, I kind of already mentioned that the small moments, but I think there's so much in those three volumes in any one of them that you can get your hands on. Really, the kids can find things that are the same as, as their, their own personal mm-hmm. connections. And I was going to say something else about a personal connection <laughs> that I made to that. And I, now it's gone. I'll just pipe in. <laughs> oh, I know. And the, the thing about sharing stories, and I've, I've been reading online in different teacher groups, um, the, the, a lot of teachers who are doing Lucy Calkins this year, for example, are kind of worried about, you know, because it's so wordy, yes. but Lucy tells her stories in those lessons. And I found if, if you're stressing out over how to teach the lessons, maybe you're a new teacher and you just got your hands on those books and you know you've got to teach it, the, the biggest connection, the, the biggest aha I had was when I didn't use her stories, I'd read the lesson ahead and I'd make sure I was telling my stories to the kids. Then it was meaningful. Then you don't have so much to remember. It's your story. Just tell the truth. (laughs) You know, and it, and the, and the kids can tell it's authentic and it makes their reading and their writing even better. Well, my connection is one that, um, Kathy actually talked about the hundred dresses. That book is an yes. oldie, but my gosh, it's a goodie. <laughs> and I'm she's sorry. already kind of summarized it a little bit. And that means Jack. No, don't because great minds think alike. And Jacqueline Woodson's um, each, yep, each, each kindness. kindness was, is it each kindness? Each, each kindness. is an excellent um, comparison contrast piece to the invisible boy too. And then because we teach upper elementary and some of us actually teach, you know, sixth grade. Um, I thought about the poem by Emily Dickinson. I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell they'll advertise, you know, um, that poem. And even, you know, don't overlook like short little pieces like that. There are tons of fantastic poems out about belonging and fitting and in and connection. Yeah. So don't, don't wait till April. Exactly. Week yes. How about you, Deanne? Oh, I love those. You know, the books, <laughs> Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm-hmm. I think yes. That's a, yeah. I know. I mean, those are, those are perfect connections with it because there's so many stories and I believe they, they do have some for kids too. 
They do. So, and a lot of my students would read yes. those books. And they're they're such they're so good. So that would that would definitely help make some mm-hmm. connections. And also, you know, yes. write poems about it too. Their own mm-hmm. poems. Well, yeah, because they're thinking about when you ask them to step in a character's shoes like that, like the girl in the green apple, to have to think about when you felt like a unicorn, right? <laughs> that helps people uh-huh. empathize. Absolutely. That's right. And also tell my own stories too, you know, like a time that I didn't feel like I belonged yes. and they really can relate to you when you tell them, you know, they, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Or they told me they did anyway, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> listeners, this is all we have time for today. And we hope that you've enjoyed our very first theme book talk as much as we have. Be sure to check out our blogs because some of us have written more about these books and shared resources about teaching the theme of belonging. If you like what you hear, give us a shout out, leave a comment or rate us on your listening platform and be sure to join us next week. Oh, I'm so excited about next week. It is a very important celebration because we teach so hard is celebrating our 50th episode. So Yay! Balloons and confetti and a fabulous listener appreciation giveaway on our Facebook page. That link is always in our show notes. Just because you teach so hard. <laughs>